Welcome to your sophomore year at the Tragedy Academy, where you are the teacher and we are the students. Together, we learn from past tragedies to lay the foundation for a better humanity. The only supplies you'll need an open mind and a sense of humor. So, tilt that chair back, talk out of turn, and never raise your hand. Because this is the Tragedy Academy and Class in Session. I'm Pure Scott. Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and today I am joined by special guest Michael Unbroken, or Michael Anthony. Thank you so much for joining us. He is the founder of Think Unbroken, a trauma healing programs and coaching, a best-selling author of Think Unbroken, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, and as well as Eight Steps to Healing Your Inner Child, and a podcast host of the Think Unbroken with Michael Unbroken. How you doing, my man? Brother, I'm so good. Did, Super did excited to be well? here with you. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's funny. I hear people read that stuff sometimes, and I'm like, that's all I've done? <laughs> that, that's that's a snapshot. That is a snapshot. Uh, but we're, I'm super excited to have you on. Um, you know, I was looking through all of the coaching and different features of your podcast and site and the, the way that you approach things, and it, I love it. The, the candor, the way that you're, you're raw about your own experience is something that uh, I aspire to do myself. I feel like authenticity is what brings forth our inner child to who we are now, you know, and, and it takes peeling back those layers. So I appreciate you coming on. Do you want to tell us about the podcast? Yeah, man. Well, and I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I started Think I'm Broken Podcast because um, I just, I wanted to not only share my expertise, but bring on other people who are experts who can help do what I'm always trying to do. And that's create impact in the world. And that's give people tools that are practical. You know, there, there's a million podcasts that people can go and listen to. And, and I want people to come and listen to Think Unbroken because it's real people who have been through real shit who have found ways to navigate life. And, and I don't think any of us are optimally like successful or none of us are perfect or any, we're just like real people having a human experience. And, and that's what I wanted to do is give people that space because yeah, you go listen to some podcasts and I'm not saying they're not beneficial, but they're so edited and they're so narrowed down and they're so concise where I'm like, where's the element of humanity in there? Right. So, you know, what you record is what we record is what you get. We don't edit anything over there because I want to keep it real for people. I can appreciate that. You know, trying, to bring forth not yourself but the people that have experiences that you don't have in your toolbox is something admirable. I think that a lot of the times we feel like we're supposed to take things on alone and that's that's not true. There's so many people out there that have so many different experiences that are layered over time. No human being is the same as they were yesterday. We're only the layers of experiences over time that gives you the person that's standing before you at any given moment. And with that, you don't know what somebody else's perspective is. I, I I had this discussion a while back with a buddy of mine that was on here, uh, Kent Lawler, about he's a second grade teacher. So I, I used the example or the metaphor of Benjamin Franklin's bifocals, right? You remember the ones that like click up and down and you like move them and it gives you a different lens. Mm -hmm. I feel like those particular, that's how experiences work for every human. And in order to be able to see what that human sees, you have to have those lenses or you've got to find a way to empathize with them. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because one of the words that I've been holding on to a lot over the course of the last couple of months is empathy. 
and and realizing that one of the the biggest challenges in my life has been the lack thereof because it was not a part of my experience growing up right and so now like really think not just like in this passing kind of way but in a like how do you practically show empathy in the world like how do you actually be empathetic and understanding and kind at just a different level because it's like it's one thing to like fucking hold the door open for somebody you know what i mean but there's a whole other level to it where you're like man can i connect with this human being and just recognize like suffering as a part of the experience and just be present with that um and and offer value to people's lives and and so yeah you're you're right i think it's we're, we're we're the sum total of all of our experiences leading up to this moment and so when you take that into consideration and then you you sprinkle on a little bit of a little bit of empathy in there man it really changes the scope or the frame in which you're looking out at the world i couldn't agree more and i actually have some questions because i feel like um when we're talking about you know childhood trauma and things like that and we're talking about layers of experiences one of the things that um, that I'd like to point out is that people that go through these experiences aren't sitting there smiling, waiting to be helped in a situation that uh, it's, it's created, born of the places and things that they went through as a child. So you end up not being, I'm trying to say this without offending people. So when I say this, I mean that a lot of people, like even myself, I've gone through some things in my childhood, bullying, that kind of thing. And you end up coming out ashamed. You end up coming out feeling guilty for who you are because of the experiences you went through. And then you compound it, right? Over time, you pick up all those bad habits that you came from. You try to self-medicate, you do all these things, but in that in that time frame, you're burning bridges real time. And those real time bridges are the ones that you have to overcome as well as the past ones. So how do you help somebody break free of that genetic and hereditary insanity that comes from these yeah, situations? Well, you're spot on. Well, well, look, here's the thing too, and I, I, want, I want people to think about this too. If you're sitting here listening to this and hoping that somebody is going to save your life for you, you're out of your mind and it doesn't work that way. And, and that's one of the really difficult things that people have to palette when they come through traumatic experiences is on the backside of it. Like there's no Disney moment. Nobody's coming to rescue you. I'm sorry. I wish, I wish that were the reality, but it is. And so one of the things that you have to understand is like, this is on you first and foremost. So when people ask me, well, how do you help somebody? Jay, I don't, I've never helped anyone in my life. You can't. If somebody comes into my programs or my podcast or a public speech that I'm doing, and they have already predetermined that no matter what, this isn't going to work. Guess what? It's not going to work. And because it's not going to work, I don't try to force it. What I do instead is I sit here and I I sit with people and I go, tell me where you're at. Tell me what you want. Can we bridge that gap with the roadmap and the tools that I've created that have been successful for me, not only in my own healing journey, but Jay, dude, I've got 35 plus um, trauma-informed education certifications. I don't even have a college degree. I don't even have a high school diploma, right? I have run multiple multiple successful businesses. I have spoken on some of the biggest stages in the world. I have a number one best-selling book. Like I've done all of those things, but look, I'll tell you this, nobody quote unquote helped me do that. I had 
had to do it all on my own using the tools that they gave me, right? I have coaches and I have mentors and I ask them questions and I say, look, man, what do I need to do to get this thing that I want in my life? And they go, this is the roadmap. That's all they can ever do. They give you the roadmap. They give you the instruction guide. Like it's like this, man, you get the Ikea couch or whatever, right? It always has instructions with it. The people who read the instructions are far more successful at putting that damn thing together than the people who look at it and go, I'm just going to try it. Right. And so what, yeah, you know what? I, unfortunately, right. I am that guy like, a lot. Why the leg fall off the couch? <laughs> Oh, right. No, it's it's when I put it, when I slide it beneath the picture on the wall that is perfectly level. And then I see that the picture is still level. And it's the actual. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that's the thing, man. Like, what I try to do with people is very simple. Let's just figure out where you are because you can't figure out how you where you want to go if you don't know where you're at today. And so like, let's figure out where you are today. Let's figure out how we got here. And then let's go through this process of whether it's curriculum or coaching or books or practical exercise, like whatever that thing is to get you on that path, right? Because ultimately, and, and one of the most important things I've ever learned is change only happens when you make change happen. Action. This is, I, I, when I talk to people about what this means to me and why it's growing and why things are unfolding the way they are, I, I try to explain that it's two things. It's authenticity and it's action. Because at the end of the day, we are the child that we started out as. We have a purpose in that day. It's just that we we put those layers over that time and we have a different outlook on things. We don't know who we are. But when you peel that back, the same child is still there with the same aspirations and dreams that were crushed in the beginning. And once you get back to that child and you become authentic and you are who you're supposed to be, the next step is action. Because if you take that action and you move towards that authentic self, shit will go your way. It doesn't matter if you have an education. doesn't matter who the fuck you are, where you're from. All it is is that you've been given the tools from day one. You've yeah. just got a fucking ton of shit sitting on top of the toolbox. And look, here's the thing. What I'd like to add to that, Sorry, which is rant. often missing, is the understanding that all that shit that's on top of you wasn't put there by you. And and people will beat themselves up and shame themselves and guilt themselves. The reality is like, look, here, it, this is going to be the most important thing that you've ever heard. And simultaneously, one of the most difficult things you've ever heard. You are not culpable for the things that happened to you, right? I'm not like I was four years old. My mother cut my finger off. She was a drug addict and alcoholic. My stepfather put me in the hospital, beat the shit out of me. I was homeless as a kid. I lived with 30 different families. I got high for the first time when I was 12. I got expelled from school at 15. As of today, my three childhood best friends, they've been murdered. Like that shit's not my fault, but guess what? This is the hard part. This is the difficult part of the conversation. Everything from this moment moving forward is my responsibility. Like it's like this. If you, if you have a house and you walk outside and in your front yard, there's all this trash. You can step over the trash and pretend it's not there or you can pick it up, but either way it's your house. So make a decision. 
And that's what's really difficult about this process and this journey is that you do have to go through and you have to reconcile the reality that dark things have happened. And in that reconciliation, you bring into this accord of uh, acknowledgement. And in that acknowledgement, not only do you get freedom, but it gives you the ability to step into what's next. And I think if people can recognize that uh, it's this, if people can just simply recognize the reality that the life that they want to have is a decision away, everything could be different. Always, always, always the decision away. I tell the, I tell people that all the time. You are not anything but your next action. It is an ever-changing now. It's not a yesterday. It's not a tomorrow. It's a now. And you have the ability. That's the beauty of being a human and having consciousness is that we get to choose your own adventure. We get to turn that page in those books you know, and we actually do get to, you know how when you used to turn it and you get to that page and be like, fuck, the night's going to die, you know, and you're like, I went the wrong way. And you try to flip the pages back. We actually have that. We have that because the past doesn't exist. You always have a reset button. Every day you have a reset button. It's just a choice. A lot of people choose to be victims only because it's easy to step over the trash. See, it's easy to step over the trash for the fear that you're going to be vulnerable on the other side after you pick it up because you've got nothing between you and the real world. Yeah. So you make those decisions to sit in that victimhood because it's easier. It's easier. But after a while, you have to figure out. I, in fact, this leads me to a word that I I, I want to see how this plays into it from your perspective. And that is forgiveness. How do you utilize forgiveness with regard to the trials and tribulations that you went through? Let's say you personally. How do you reconcile that? Yeah. Um, so I think that there's a parlay here for me personally, and look, everybody has a different opinion on this, okay? Um, but for me personally, I think there's a parlay with forgiveness that also involves letting go. And and I think people will often be like, I, I forgive, and then they just harbor that shit forever. But then the other side of it too is sometimes you just got to let go and not forgive because like, fuck it, right? You know, I, it's, I, I, it's hard for me to reconcile walking around, looking at my hand every day, knowing my mother cut my finger off because she was a drug addict. How do you forgive that, right? That's difficult. And maybe I have not like stepped into that depth of healing within my own self. Sure, I always measure that. That's a possibility, right? But also, Jay, I just go, I just look at it and I go, I can't do anything about it. What if I just let 100%. it go? What if I did not let this be the thing that holds me down? What if this is not the anchor of my life? And I just go, it's reality. It is right here. It is what it is. And that was the most difficult thing that I've ever done is get to this place where I had to make a decision between forgiveness and just simply letting go. Because there is a level like, I, of course, I've had to forgive myself. I've forgiven partners. I've forgiven friends. I've forgiven family. I've forgiven so many people. But I probably have actually let go more than I've forgiven. Why? Because I recognize like, dude, we're all just so flawed. We hold each other to this uh, level of like, like, we put people on this pedestal and we're, we disallow them the reality that they're going to mess up. 
And then when we do, and especially right now in cancel culture, we cancel everybody. Oh, that person made a mistake. Let's go Salem witch trial and burn them at the stake because how dare they be a human being? And I just simply look at it and go, dude, you did what you did. Fuck it. Like, okay, great. What are you doing to reconcile that? What are you doing to not do it again? What are you doing to more importantly, better understand yourself? Because dude, look, here's the thing. Like even at 36, heading into 37 years old, like I still am always figuring out who I am because I'm having a human experience. And to your point earlier, like, yes, today is different than yesterday and tomorrow will be different from today. And in that I'm learning along the way, because guess what? There's no, there is no guidebook for life. We're all figuring it out as we go. Even the people that we look up to my mentors, like I promise you, they have mentors, they have coaches. Why? Cause they don't know what the fuck they're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Why do you think I have them in my life? And yet we hold people, we hold people to this thing where we just look at it and go, Jay, you made a mistake. We're gonna <laughs> fucking crucify Absolutely. you. And that's nonsense to me. Where it's like, can you just let go of the fact that people aren't perfect? You know what? That's a lens. From what we were discussing earlier, that's an internal lens. You will give people the power to judge you without their judgment ever existing based on the fact that your lens says, any eyes that look at me believe I am Mm -hmm. what I believe I am. It's so fucking reversed. One of the most beautiful things that you can do as a human being is let go of narratives that other people give you about who you are. And in that, what 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 becomes a, a fascinating reality is that you stop operating throughout the scope like of what do I need to do to appease other people to make sure that I fit into their box. And that's one of the most difficult things that that trauma survivors do, because for many of us, myself included, the only thing I ever knew growing up is how do I stay in the box? Because when I'm in the box, I'm safe. And when you're safe, you can operate within the world, but you lose freedom, you lose fulfillment, you lose all the parts of you that can be because you're in this place where the only thing that you're concerned with is, am I being the person that they need me to be? I completely get where you're coming from. It's one of the uh, premises behind the the logo, the masks. Um, One of the things that I recognize throughout my life is that because I had gone through various types of trauma in different scenarios, I had created different personas to protect myself throughout life. And those are masks. And I feel like everybody has them. I feel like they carry them throughout their life and they use them. And unfortunately, what happens is you say, don't let somebody else write your narrative, right? Well, that mask is something that we're allowing them to write because we're putting those marks on it and we're decorating it so other people can perceive us that way as we walk around through life and it's basically just a defense mechanism when in reality we should just wear every scar and different thing without you know with pride um i say this like when you answer the phone if you answer the phone for your mom and you answer the phone for at&t listen to your voice next time listen to how you talk you're two different humans if you're two different humans that means you're not being authentic you do that for your interview that do that for the you know when you meet so and so people change their personalities over and over again they remember where they left off the last time 
I'd like to, to dive into that a little bit deeper because you are 100% right that it is a defensive mechanism, but also it's autonomic. It is a survival mechanism. It is, it is ingrained into our subconscious because when we're 1, 4, 7, 9, 12, 15, and we're in our, our developmental state, we learn what it means to operate in the scope of safety for our own personal protection. You know, and I spent so much time like, dude, my, when I was a kid, my favorite band was your favorite band. My favorite food was your favorite food. It, it's this thing where you, yeah, it's this thing where you don't have identity because it's stripped from you. It's taken from you. I'll, I'll tell you right now, the most difficult, <laughs> even still today, the most difficult thing I'm trying to do is understand who I am at depth, at scale, because for the first 27 years of my life, I had no idea. Right. Because the only thing that I ever knew is the more that I tried to be me, the more pain I experienced. The most dangerous thing I could do as a kid was be myself. And so when many trauma survivors come through that, we come, it, it, it almost becomes this insane limbo where you're trapped in identity because you're trying to free yourself of a narrative that isn't you while simultaneously trying to understand who you are. And, and there's battles and there's pain and there's suffering in that. And I think that even for me now in real time, I'm learning more about myself in the course of the last two months than I have the last 10 years because there's levels to this. Hey, academics. Have you endured life's tragedies, trials, and tribulations? Did you adapt and overcome? Do you have advice for others to pay forward and want to be a guest? Then email us a brief two to three minute video to show at thetragedyacademy.com and tell us how our academics can learn and grow from these experiences. Thanks again for your support. And now, back to class be willing to face fear and and the reason why people are stuck is because they're terrified of what's on the other side like you inherently know that life can be different i'm not saying necessarily better people get stuck in that better narrative and i'm like well what does better mean i don't i don't know what that is but i know different and i know that a different action leads to a different result and so how often can you push yourself into being different by facing what's in front of you because so often we're caught up in this idea that, you know, if we do this, it's going to be the worst case scenario and life will be a disaster. But, but Jay, I'll tell you right now, the, the worst case scenario of life is death. There's a 100% guarantee that you're dead at the end of this. And so anything that happens between now and that moment, that's just data. That's just lessons. That's just education. I, I'm inclined to a- agree with you so much on this. In fact, I, I lean toward the side that I think that us as humans, we tend to um, have created this scenario that we live within for the simple fact that we couldn't reconcile the fact that we were going to die. And we just started writing it out. We, we started doing what we could and we refused to look to our left and right and reconcile that one big issue and say, you know what? We all don't know who the fuck we are, why we're here, what we're doing. And if we could do that with grace and let everybody come out equally and go, hey, okay, 
let's have this conversation, then maybe we're not going to be as afraid of what we're doing with the time here. Everybody thinks that you're supposed to leave some kind of legacy. The fuck's a legacy? There's nothing to that. You're supposed to come here and be human. You're supposed yeah. to do yeah, good and, things for each other. And the rest of the shit yeah, comes I was just in gonna turn. Say, yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on. And I, I think what's really important in that is, you know, again, when I was at rock bottom, when I look at my life at the worst, um, it was becoming of service that led me to feeling fulfilled. And, and that being of service came through facing fear. And I tell people all the time, if you, if you reestablish your relationship with time and death, you will operate in a very different way because I think people are often, and this was me for a long time too. I'm just like tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. And you're going to run out of tomorrows. And what's going to happen is you're going to be on your deathbed and you're going to think about all the things that could have been, and you're going to die with regret. And that is a life unlived. And my biggest fear, Jay, the thing that keeps me awake at night is that when I am dead, whatever happens next, that I walk into this room and I'll sit down and this film reel will start running and it'll be this movie of my life, but it'll be all the things I didn't do. And nothing is more terrifying to me than that. And if you don't want that, and look, if you don't want that experience, people are people are motivated by pain and pleasure. And I do not want that experience. That doesn't mean I'm not going to mess up. That doesn't mean sometimes I'm not going to not do the thing I know I'm supposed to do. I'm a human. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm navigating a lot of chaos, right? (laughs) We all are. But ultimately, I just, I cannot imagine that life. Man, just like seriously think about this you die and you're watching a movie of you doing all the things you never did because indecision is a decision you will instantly feel so much regret and so much hatred for your own decision to not do it and knowing that there was nothing stopping you i tell people that about victimhood you know what it's a decision to remain a victim it is literally that simple We stand, we, I feel like these experiences are like curtains, right? And you're standing in there, they're hanging there. They could almost be like linen. They're so thin and they're all standing in front of you. The mind is put them up there, those protections for each and every little one of those core wounds. But in all honesty, you can fucking bust out of there like you were a high school football team on your fucking homecoming. Ain't nothing stopping you. It's fucking paper. It's a decision to run. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really funny because when it, part of it's also programming, right. And, and, and subconsciously you've been conditioned to not think about this, man. We live in a fear based society. The currency of today is fear. It sucks. It is the it is the currency. It doesn't suck for me, Jay, because I don't operate that way. That's because I've made a decision. I mean, the Do mechanics of uh, how people are leveraging against each other. I'm with you. Yes, 100% agreed. The fear tactics, the fact that the algorithms are playing to your fear, inflation, blah, 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 whatever. You're still alive. If you're listening to this right now, that means you're alive. And because you're alive, that means you can have the life that you want to have. But you're so worried about what everybody else is going to think about what you choose to do. 
And so you lay in bed at night and your brain doesn't turn off and your heart aches because you know what the fuck you're supposed to be doing and you don't. And that's fear. That is living in that. Fear has taken you over because you're so worried about shame and judgment and guilt. But guess what? I'm going to tell you a little secret. People are already judging you. So you might as well go live life on your terms. How can they not be if you're not sitting there doing it yourself? I mean, it's it's so simple. It's It has to happen in order to function in this society. That is the currency, like you said. You know, so... I want to, I want to kind of, I, when I was looking through your site, I came across a term that uh, jumped out at me and I like the term and I want to see if you can describe the term. I think we've kind of been dancing around it and that is getting out of the vortex. Yeah. Look, the, that's the darkness in us. That's the, everything we're talking about right now, the not showing up, the not living authentically, the not taking care of yourself, the not going to the doctor when you're sick or the gym, when you know you should, or eating the healthy food or being in the relationship or not being in the relationship or having the career or not have it's all the spaces in which you live in fear you live in negativity you live in that place where you're beating yourself up all the time that's the thing man that i I call it the vortex because it sucks you in and when you're in it man you're in it it's reality for me one of the ways that i try to describe it because once i started mindfulness and trying to do some meditation kind of like um if you had a hole in the wall and it was a vacuum behind it and you walked up to it and you put your head in front of it you when you put your head up to the hole it'll suck it into you know up to the neck and you can stay there and let it keep pulling on you and it takes a little while to back yourself back out because it has that constant suction. That's that judgment reality. That's that other situation that everybody's living in when they're walking around with those those lenses over their eyes. And when you become mindful, you actually get to pull your head out of that suction and look around the room. Everybody else is still doing it. Everybody else is still playing the game. But you yourself are having this beautiful moment to recognize that we might actually yeah. be standing in heaven. I, I thought about this one time. That's and, kind of and, my opinion. And this is actually pretty recent. It was a couple of months ago. I was on an airplane and I was just sitting there thinking. I, I love being on an airplane because there's nothing to do. It's great. Um, especially if the Wi-Fi goes out, which this one did. It's perfect. You can't do anything. <laughs> this is true. And so I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, which is the most uncomfortable place for people. Silence with nothing to distract them. Me too. It's all of us. And so I'm sitting here thinking, I was like, People are always like, 100%. you know, I, I don't want to go to hell, you know, when I die. And I'm like, but what if you're already dead and this is heaven and you're just getting the opportunity to play this out again? And 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 that sat with me this really interesting way because I'm not necessarily religious, but I do think about it. Like, what if what if this right now is the opportunity you always said you wanted? I, I agree with you 110 percent. I think that um, we, we dance around the fact that all of these I'm not a very religious guy either, but I do. I do like to think that I have the ability to recognize fact when I see fact in certain situations and motive behind certain things. One of the th- a few things that came up recently, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily Christian or anything like that, but I did grow up around Christianity. And if I were to talk about, say, Christ, I, one of the things that gave me some solace in it, because I have a lot of problems reconciling what you were just talking about, right? And one of the things that I just kind of had to logically walk through was little things had come up over time that explained this to me. And one of the things was nobody could read. The majority of humanity couldn't read 
up until like the effing 60s. If I'm, uh, let's couple this with something that I just heard like two, three days ago that really fucked my head up. Nobody had glasses. Think about now going back to dragons and whatnots and weird shit. You don't know, you can't see anything. <laughs> so you ever played that game of telephone? You know, you mm -hmm. sit in a room and you tell a city around the room and it always ends up being something ridiculous at the end. So if I'm Jesus, I'm not saying I'm Jesus, but if I'm a guy that has recognized the fact that everybody is sick, everybody is suff suffering from some kind of genetic and hereditary insanity, and the script is being written by us, and I know that they don't have the ability to help themselves in this situation, that somebody is writing those books that they'll never get a chance to put it in. So what do you do? You say, look, guys, you're going to fuck up. You're going to fuck up so much. But all you have to do is say you're sorry and try again. That sounds like kind of what we're discussing. Yeah. You always get a chance to try again. That's why that, I don't know, that's my thought that he had to have, one of the reasons why that could be said is that it is an eternal now. We do have the opportunity to start over every single time. Tell me when it doesn't happen. Only when you die. Yeah. And then still, that's still a fucking guess. Yeah. I mean, who knows? You can, like, here's a, this might get a little heady and we probably don't want to go deep in this, but I had this, this thought the other day where I was just like, nobody actually knows what happens when you go to sleep. Right. And maybe you're, maybe you literally die every single night and then the next day you're reborn. And then that next day, that's where you make the choices to live your life. It's like, it's like an internal groundhog's day. I love it. Dude, we could literally be the dream. Yeah, this could be the dream right and now. sleep could be the other yeah. side. We could be literally studying ourselves from the outside in. There's so many different ways that nobody knows. All we know is that it's always now. That's one of the things that I had to come to terms mm -hmm. with. That none of anything else existed unless I gave it existence in my life unless it was now. If it's here now, then it exists. If it's not here now, it doesn't exist. And that's also the things that have happened. They can't. They can repeat themselves in various ways. That's that genetic and hereditary insanity. But for the most part, it's being mindful. You get a chance to, you said fear is the biggest thing that, that stops us from doing things. I was reading a book the other day. I think it's like trans surfing. It's from the 70s. But one of the one of the examples they gave was if you were standing, uh, if I put like a plank of wood on the ground and I said, walk down this plank of wood, you know, say it's like a foot and a half wide. You'd be like, whatever. Do, 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 do. You walk down the board. It wouldn't be a big deal. But if I took that board and I moved it 25 feet up in the air, but I kept it just as steady. I didn't put any wind, nothing like that. It is the same damn thing. Hell, it's concrete as far as you're concerned. Can you walk down that the same way? And why can't you? Nothing has changed. You're just as capable of moonwalking down this one as you were the other one without any fear. That is the issue. We give something that doesn't mm -hmm. exist power. Yeah. Applying meaning is everything in life. Like you, the meaning you give yourself, the actions, the things that people do to you in the world, the experiences you have, your career, your life, the way you love, the way you forgive, everything has a meaning to it based on our belief system, based on our identity, based on who it is that we perceive we are. And, and you can apply meaning to everything. You know, people are, there, there are people who are terrified to leave their own home. Like I get it. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that's not a thing. That's because you've given the outside world a meaning of so much fear. That the only safety you have is within that box that you've constructed. Right. But that applies to everything. 
So I'd like to I'd like to caveat that. I'm sorry for cutting you off, no, but I just it. don't want to I I would be remiss to leave this out. What you're saying that you, you build yourself within that section and then there's every generation before you built that box around that one as well. If it hasn't been solved the generation before. And I I saw that one of the specialties within your <clears throat> within your production is that you address cultural and historical trauma. Can you describe what that is? Because I feel like that is something in today's day and age that we could benefit from understanding, especially since you brought up cancel culture before as well. Yeah. Look, before I say that, I want to say this because I, I was heading to something that I think is really important. I apologize. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, the, the boxes that we live in, those boxes, they protect us until they don't. And when they don't, they trap us. So I really want people to think about that. The very thing keeping you safe is the very thing keeping you in handcuffs. You've, and this all, all comes back to meaning. But when you look at it from, from a, a genetic standpoint, it is surmised that we carry seven generations of DNA with us. I would argue that probably all the DNA in the history of humanity. I mean, how could you not? It, it, yeah, it just makes sense to me, right? Nothing's, nothing's created or destroyed. No, right? exactly, right? It's energy. There's a transference. It's always just re shaping right and so context so I'm, I'm biracial i'm black and white i'm irish and i'm a west african nigerian right think about all of the trauma in both of those kinds and both of those races over the hundreds and thousands of years of humanity and then you add on generational trauma that starts in the family systems right how did i get to this place where my mother cut my finger off well her mother abused her and her mother before her and so on and so forth how did my stepfather abuse me the way that he did. Well, I know his mother. She was a terrible human being when it came to the way that she interacted with children. Why? Because that was generational. Her parents treated her that way. And then before them and those before her were probably slaves. And so then you start adding all this stuff up together. Now you have the cultural, the historical, the DNA. And of course, you end up in this place where it's like everything you function through is a scope of survival. Because here's the thing, like think about this. The human brain serves one purpose. Do you know what that purpose is, Jay? To protect your heart. Survival. Survival. Protection. Correct. Exactly. To protect that's your heart. That's the only purpose the brain serves. But guess what? Because that's the only purpose the brain serves, what does the brain want to do? It wants to keep you safe. How does it keep you safe? By keeping you in the construct of the boxes that we create, that we give meaning to, that makes safety. Right? You see how this is coming full circle? Body dysmorphia. Yeah. Body dysmorphia is a good example of that. Wearing 100%. different types of clothes, changing the way you stand, different things like that will give you that image. Yeah. And so when you have that, when you look at that, when you have meaning, right? I always say to people, like the acknowledgement will give you the freedom, right? So if you can look at your life, if you can look at all the experiences and for a lot of it, you can guess, you know, go look at your genealogy, go study history, go read Howard Zim's A People's History of the United States. It'll blow your mind, right? Go put yourself in this position where you're constantly educating yourself, become the learner, get certifications and trauma experience, like have an understanding of the world at, at scope. And then you'll have a better understanding of why you act the way that you act. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. I agree. It's peeling back those layers of experiences and looking at what's underneath it. I mean, at the end of the day, religious or not, we're, we are what we are. And to do anything but be who we are is disrespectful or a slap in the face of whatever the fuck created us. Yeah. And, 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 and look, it's okay to be who you are. It's okay. Like, 
It's okay. It's fine. Be you. That doesn't mean there's not a struggle in it, right? I mean, I think there is. Like, you know, I I feel like I've been in a consummate identity crisis since the day I was born, right? Because you're always just trying to peel back the layers and understand who you are more. But can you do that with grace and compassion and empathy with yourself first? Because see, people are always trying to give this to the world. They're always like, I want to be empathetic to the world. And they're destroying themselves every single day. I tell people the reason why I preach all this stuff is not necessarily, there's a narcissistic side to this. And that sure, is that 100%. I tell other people so I can benefit from remembering it myself. Because if yeah. I don't say it, I will stick my head back in that hole. It will suck me back in and I will play your game again. So yeah, the more 100%. times I scream, the better chances I have of getting out of that situation. Yeah. I always remind myself that everything that I do, and to your point about it being narcissistic and ego driven, which anyone who says that we don't live in our ego is, is I don't understand how they can even have that conversation. But, but that's to a me, psychopath, like, right? Or, or is that like Teller if he didn't have a personality? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> how do you like, not live with an ego. Yeah. Well, you know, and people will say, you know, be monk like, be of service, you know, remove the ego from the decisions that you make sure good luck with that i don't know how you do that i cannot do that maybe that's a limiting belief i don't know jay we're not there yet i'm evolving but what i do know is that the reality is that when you do certain things it's okay to do them for the betterment of your life of your existence it's okay if like it's okay if you give to charity because it makes you feel good it's okay if you volunteer because it makes you feel better about who you are it's okay if you be the person you are because that's who you're supposed to be like I think there's a weird thing happening culturally where people are like, you should be so humble about everything. No, you shouldn't. If you did something great, acknowledge it. It's okay to be great. In fact, I encourage it. I fucking dare you to be great. I dare you. Go for it. See what happens. Dude, when when you do what you are truly here to do, you will attract more people and happiness to your life that are congruent with what the fuck you're doing. You will shed... That's what people don't highlight this great benefit of walking this type of path and shedding these things. You won't have to argue with a single person to get out of your life if you do it correctly because they won't even want to be around you away. because you won't. They will literally walk away. They won't. They might get a little uncomfortable with it. But here's the reality. What you have to remember when you're walking that path is nothing that they're saying is anything but the fact that they are unwilling and jealous of the fact that you have made that actionable step to help yourself. And you are a living, constant reminder to what they are incapable of trying to do themselves. It's fuck ton easier to kick the chairs out from under the, or the legs out from under a chair than it is to fucking lift it up. Yeah, there's a, a very simplified way to think that think about this is people who haven't done the work are terrified of the people who have because it's a reflection of who they could be. And and, you know, oh, I love and that. it's difficult. And that's not to pass judgment. Everyone's on a different space. Dude, I got a client right now who's almost 70 years old. They're trying to make their life different. So everybody's on a different like we're on the same highway. We're just in a different lane. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think one of the greatest things that happens is, you know, people do 
remove themselves from you as you head on this journey. There are seasons to this life. There are chapters to this book. And guess what? Like that doesn't make them bad people. Doesn't make you a bad person. It just means it is what it is. Can you be okay with it? It's so much like the reality of the now. Like it's, it is what it's supposed to be. I, I had to reconcile that with self, with myself for a while. I wanted to, I felt compelled to help people under any time that I saw that they were in that situation. Right. I felt like, you know, if I, if I, if I just gave them that right piece of information, it would turn a light on. Well, here's the deal. It's not your decision when they see the light, it's their decision. You can't force somebody to have an aha moment unless it is their aha moment. And it will be there a fuck ton easier than if you're trying to wedge in your advice. Yeah. You have to let people live it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I feel like everybody is going to get an opportunity to learn some very sage advice. You've said some things that resonate with me um, personally. I do want to give you an opportunity to give me all of your plugs and let everybody find out where they can find you. And if you don't mind, I'd like to go on record asking you, would you lo- Would you like to come back on again? We can pick a topic and discuss it. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely, man. This has been a phenomenal conversation. I, I would be, it'd be my honor. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me today. Um, yeah, you know, the best thing is just check out Think Unbroken Podcast. It's on all the things like thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. It's that, that's it. You know, I put so much effort and energy into that because I just want people to, to have the tools that they need to create massive change in their life if they choose to do so. I love it. And I appreciate you affecting change. And, you know, too often we don't tell people how great that they're doing and what they're doing helps others. And I want you to know that, that you are doing great things for other people. And I appreciate you. And I'm sure all the academics could uh, would, would say the same thing. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. All right. Remember, everybody, be cool. Hey, academics. Thanks again for attending another class at the Tragedy Academy. You can show us some love by subscribing, downloading, and rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Or ask Amazon Alexa to play the Tragedy Academy podcast. You can find links to all major podcast platforms and past episodes at thetragedyacademy.com. You can find us on all the majors of social media on Instagram at the Tragedy Academy 2019, on TikTok at The Tragedy Academy, and on Twitter at Tragedy underscore Academy, where we'll post our clips of upcoming shows, updated info, and thoughts. If you'd like to be a guest, send an email to show at thetragedyacademy.com. Keep an eye out on Instagram for Tragedy Academy giveaways. Thanks again for coming to class, and remember, be cool, keep learning. What's up, academics? This is Jay. I'm here to talk to you about Into the AM. This is a clothing and apparel company that I came across last year that has the absolute coolest designs. And the reason why I was attracted to it is because I grew up without a lot of money, like many others, and had to shop on that outlet rack with the irregular items. Things like the fly was over four inches to the left, or the right sleeve would be twice the size of the left. It looked like I was growing horizontally. Like, it's okay, honey, you'll grow into your left arm. So you really don't get a chance to express yourself the way that you want to. You go into life, you start putting on suits, you start putting on uniforms, and you realize you'd never had a chance to truly express yourself. Enter into the AM, a team of artists and creators who share a common vision. They see clothing as a canvas to express what drives you. Since 2012, they've developed premium apparel that elevates self-expression and provides unparalleled comfort for wherever your passions take you. Into the AM's passion for change is the driving force behind their brand. 
They remain committed to creating products that inspire and promote self-expression by partnering with like-minded organizations focused on giving back to communities in need. Last year, they donated 1% of all revenue from their graphic tees collection to the Art of Elysium charity. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social change. For over 24 years, the Art of Elysium has paired volunteer artists with communities to support individuals in the midst of difficult emotional life changes. They currently offer 110 community programs per month, serving over 30,000 individuals per year. The only permanent thing in life is change. Supporting charities dedicated to helping those going through these changes, trials, and tribulations require a never-ending commitment. The onus is on us as creators to affect change through our true, authentic talents, and Into the AM is the model of how this is done. Their clothes are handcrafted with care. They have a team of skilled artisans that craft each garment with the highest quality fabrics and eco-friendly inks. Not to mention, these things don't shrink. They don't fade and they fit as if they were designed supernaturally. I'm stopped every time I wear one of the graphic tees to find out where I got it. The colors attract attention from miles and the art is nothing short of spectacular with designs for everyone. One of my personal favorites, Twilight Maiden. Go take a look. Into the AM does all of this while putting their money where their mouth is. 30 day money back guarantee, lightning fast shipping and hassle free returns. The deals are endless. Graphic tee bundles, discount promo codes. Get over there, check it out. I'm highlighting the tees, but I'd be remiss to not mention that if you want to walk around in the absolute most comfortable shorts, joggers, and basic tees, hit up into the end. I even wear the basics to the gym. Head on over to the tragedyacademy.com, go to our sponsors tab, and follow the affiliate link to the Into the AM store. Help support Into the AM and the Tragedy Academy by purchasing the absolute best apparel and the best designs ever. And remember, academics, be cool and keep learning.